Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Network, the number one network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. It's me. It's me. It's Lukey C. What are we talking about today? We're going to do, even though the NBA playoffs have started, we're a little late. We recorded late the week of the Masters. Uh, Last week, we couldn't coordinate because of travel schedules and we told everybody at the end of the episode that we did the masters that the next month and a half or so we're going to be difficult anyways neither here nor there we're going to do an nba preview and then i got just a couple small things on the nfl that i want to talk to you about you sent me a text message yesterday about julio jones and it got me thinking about a couple things so i want to address those you ready let's go before we get into the show, word from Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. What do you got this week? Um, I'm going just kind of a cop-out, but since we're doing uh, since we're doing NBA playoffs, I'll go with a, a conference future. Give me the Bucks plus 175 to win the East. I mean, that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> I don't have anything. All right. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. NBA playoff preview. We'll do Eastern Conference, we'll do Western Conference, and then do you have I know you're recording in the kitchen today. <laughs> do you have your laptop? Yes. Okay, so we can do just a recap of what we're going into the playoffs with for the um, the the WC challenge, right? Yeah. All right. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. You know, I don't want to do this whole like who's the favorite, who's the underdog that you think's gonna you know, make some noise. I mean, we kind of talked about that through the season or towards the end of the season there. So I guess maybe just from an Eastern Conference standpoint, what are some of the storylines or some of the things that you're looking at and keeping an eye on for the playoffs, just Eastern Conference? Well, I think an interesting one is talking about Brooklyn and Boston. Um, That game was wild. That was that was best game of the weekend, best game, best first round game maybe ever. And I think the whole series could look a lot like that. So I th- think what the storyline would be is how are those two going to come out? Because the winner, the winner gets gets Milwaukee, right? So yes, that's 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 a whole lot to get through for either of those two teams. If you're Brooklyn or or Boston, whoever comes out of that series, and then to have to go through through Milwaukee, are they if they do get through those two, are they just going to be spent at the end of that and not be able to get all the way through the East? Um, so I think that's that's the one thing that I'm I'm really looking at in the Eastern conference, aside from those, you know, the top three teams, I, I I'm not really compelled. I mean, I, the Raptors are banged up, you know, th- th- Scotty Barnes, um, Thaddeus Young and, uh, 
one other one other rotational player got hurt. So they're they're not playing tonight in their in their game two. So I think Philly's going to handle that one pretty easy. And so other other than that, I think it's just those three teams are, are what's most interesting to me. Sidebar question here, and maybe this is just a simple yes or no. Do you like the way that they've the play in thing has kind of? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I do like it because I enjoy the one and done aspect of it. I don't think that. I would set it up to the way that they have it set up where it's eight verse nine and then, or uh, I'm sorry, seven verse eight and then nine verse 10. I would do it. Um, I saw this on Twitter, so that I'm stealing this, um, but it's basically a two game series for seven would play 10. If, if seven wins, they're in 10 has to beat seven twice to get in. And the same thing with the eight, nine. So like you just play in the same team that way. It kind of rewards the seven seed for being the seven seed. You only have to play. You only have to win one game, which is true how it is now, but you get to play the same 10 seed twice. I would like um, that better. I just You get two cracks at it. The idea of the 8 seed having to turn around and play the 1 seed 48 hours later, I don't know. Look, Minnesota, well Minnesota's the 7, right? So that yes. that doesn't even that doesn't even matter. Who's the 8 seed in the Western Conference? Uh New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, and they won, right? They won 34 games, I think, this season. Like and it's it's fine that they got in because they they won they won, um, and, they, and, and and they they had a really good second half against Phoenix in in game one. So I don't a know putrid first half. I think yeah, yeah. Phoenix Phoenix came out what they scored like thirty four points in the first yeah. half, um, and I think Phoenix was kind of like ah we're we're fine here. And then you know Chris Paul turns it on the fourth, but. I mean I um, guess we're looking at it from the wrong angle, right? Like the one seed should be rewarded with something like that. If if you if and they you, are yeah yeah so I, I guess that's the angle okay so for me you know what I'm looking at storylines from an Eastern Conference perspective I think all the favorites are going to advance I thought that even before yesterday Easter Sunday when Happy Easter to everybody out there by the way Happy belated Easter uh, I thought that even before the Celtics were able to kind of pull that off great great final play I just. I think the favorites are all going to advance in the East. I don't see this as a I think I I just don't see it as a situation where there's going to be some kind of surprise team, especially out of the East, the way there was last year with Atlanta. I think the big question for me that when I sit here and I try to think about what the matchup's going to look like in the Eastern Conference Finals. The, the question in my mind is how good are the Celtics? Because they were pretty much outside of Phoenix. They were the best team in basketball from the the first of the year on. I think I mean, even including Phoenix, I think that their, their yeah, numbers were you know, yeah, a little bit better. Sure, exactly. And it's like, how, how good are they? Like, Jason Tatum is a great player. Jalen Brown is a good player. I just – is a is – a, is, is, is a team that goes to the NBA Finals, is Marcus Smart like good enough to be the third best player on a team that goes to the NBA Finals? And I'm not trying to downplay how good Marcus Smart is. Defensive I just player of the year. He just just exactly just got it. That, but but you you understand what I'm yes, saying? Yes, like for sure. In, in in the era of the NBA, the way it's designed today, if you don't have like a tier two guy as your third best player. The chances of you getting there are are very slim unless you have two top ten guys. So, I, and and I don't think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are that. So, 
and, and I think the other big question is James Harden, right? Like, is this the year for James Harden? Do we see some sort of a, a James Harden scenario? Maybe he doesn't have to with Maxi playing the way that he did in game one. But I got to believe that you're going to have to have a James Harden that's able to perform at a high level throughout a series and not sort of disappear as the series goes on or as the playoffs go on. And to me, those are the two really big questions coming out of the Eastern Conference. So I guess with that in mind, who do you have as your Eastern Conference finals matchup and your Eastern Conference final winner? Kind of uh, buried the lead here because I already gave away the winner er earlier, but I agree with you. But it's really set up well for Philly. Like they have, yes, nothing to worry about really in this series now. With with you know three of their top five or six guys out, who knows how long? They already took game one, so they've got a nice comfortable lead. There really is no pressure on him right now for this. Then you get to the second round. Um, I, I can't even remember who is the oh Miami. Yeah. Okay. So it would be Miami, which is a tough which is a tough matchup for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they beat the I, fucking th- breaks off of Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, coming off, again, like you said, less than 48 hours, you know, a team that had played two games last week to get into the playoffs. So I think you'll see a different Atlanta team in the next game. But, but yes, definitely I think the Heat is a bad matchup for them. But meanwhile, uh, Brooklyn and and Boston and Milwaukee are, you know, we just talked about it. They're, they're going to have to beat each other. So I think that that sets up well for them. So, uh, But I think, I, think, I think Miami does handle business and, and take care of Philly. So I think... I'm going to go with Milwaukee and Philly, or I'm sorry, Milwaukee and uh, Miami for the Eastern Conference, um, which is kind of the rematch of that bubble series that the Heat took, I think, in six games two years ago. So I know that the the Bucks avenged it and beat them last year pretty pretty handily, but you know that that Miami team is is is, is tough defensively. So yeah, I'll go with Milwaukee and Miami. Um, obviously, I'm going to take Milwaukee to uh, to advance to the finals. I think preseason I had Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee with mm-hmm. Milwaukee advancing. And here's the thing. Miami's been everything I thought they were going to be. You know, torture chamber defensively with P.J. Tucker, Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo kind of covering the back end. I just – I don't know, man. They just feel like the Orlando Magic – when they beat the Cavs in 09, maybe, and went to the finals and lost to the Lakers. They just feel kind of like that team to me. I, I don't know. So I'm going Milwaukee-Philly. I'm going Milwaukee-Philly in the Eastern Conference finals. I think that Philly's going to be able to handle Miami. I, I just – I don't I don't know. I don't know why. I just do. And I think – I. From the from the beginning, I felt like Milwaukee was the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, and, I, and I'm sticking with it. And I think they advance. I think they beat uh, Philadelphia. I I like Milwaukee. I mean, I just there's that team hasn't changed that much from last year. Giannis is better. He's probably better than he was, and it's hard to imagine you know him having a better game six and seven in the NBA Finals or whatever. But I think just overall, all around. I, I have never seen a player who was as bad as shooting free, lo- free throws as he was last year in the playoffs make as quick of a turnaround. I mean, he's almost automatic from the free throw line now. It's, it's fucking crazy. So, and he's he's 
I saw him hit a step back three the last week of the season. Like he's just, he's adding to his game in a way that I didn't think he was going to. So we're going to stick with, we're going to stick with Milwaukee there. Yeah. And I don't think it's a real surprise. I mean, I, I don't feel like they're a true three seed. They, they didn't have, you know, a ton of continuity playing with all three guys all year. Miami's been relatively healthy, um, six man of the year candidate. So, yeah. um, bio was hurt for a little while, right? Yeah. He missed about 20 games. So that, yeah. that's a good call there. And he, I mean, he might be their 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 most important player, you know. I, oh, they, without they, a doubt, he is. Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, or, he does on both ends. or Tyler Hero. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, uh, but yeah, just to that to that end. Um, I'm back on that train. We don't we don't see a ton of. Remember, remember last year when I was yes, bashing you for, for, uh, for not saying including you Hero trade him. in the James Harden trade. Yeah, I, I do remember. I, how could I forget? That was that's my that's my uh, Corey, hey, I, that's my Corey Coleman take. I, <laughs> um, yeah, God, Corey Coleman. Holy shit! All right, let me get back on track. No, to to that end though. Um, you know, we don't in basketball. The better team usually wins. I mean, you don't see a ton of runs like a five seed, like like uh, Atlanta did last year to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you know, I think there's only been three times uh, an eight has beat a one. So I mean, you just don't really see those just because it's it's just so hard over over a seven game series. And I, I think that my Milwaukee is the best team in the conference. So I I kind of agree with your takes there, like where the favorites are going to go. And I think if I think that they're going to be favored, no matter who they get into. The, the only the favorite round. that has a chance is Brook. Are the the only underdog underdog from a seeding perspective that has a chance is Brooklyn. That's it. The rest well, of those I, teams are done. I, I think that I think that that's a there's a real there's a real issue there for Brooklyn because they had a chance to steal a game in which KD did not play his greatest. Uh, he was minus thirteen. He was nine of twenty four. Had twenty three points, four boards. Six turnovers, and they had a chance. They, I mean, they had a chance to steal that game, and I, I think that does put Boston in the front, in the run. Uh, I'm sorry, the driver's seat, because now, I mean, still, you got to win four or six now, and that team, like we said, has been has been playing great ball since January first. So, uh, I'm not going to give a pick out, but I, I, I think that I think that they're really behind the eight ball. But I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see something pretty special in game two from KD. I'll put that. Yeah, I mean, he's going to need to. You know, you're going to have to. You're going to have to see, for that team to win not only this series but any series. You're going to have to see spectacular performances by Kyrie and KD consistently. Yeah, and to, to what you spoke about earlier, I mean, and I know that they're. Let, let's be honest, and they're, they're, they're capable of it. Like, let's, they're, they're seventeen. Let's, yeah, I mean, Kyrie was unbelievable yesterday. Uh, but uh, you know, can they can they win a title? Is Steph Curry, or I'm sorry, Seth Curry, their their uh, their third best player? I mean, he's pretty good, man. He's good. He is good. He is good. But um, you know, I think I think he is a very good shooter. I think he's a great player. But uh, you know, I, I worry about about their depth. Yeah. No. I mean, that's always been the issue, right? Depth and depth and defense. And it might be you know, Dragic. Dragic might be the third Jesus. best player. All right, so we're going to move to the Western Conference. And before we move to the Western Conference, did you, or as we move to the Western Conference, did you see the video that was circulating Thursday, Friday last week of Steph Curry on Draymond Green's podcast? I did not see that somehow. So Draymond Green, I don't know if a fan asked the question or whatever, but Draymond asked Steph if they would trade... 17 and 18 to complete the near perfect season in 16 
So basically trade two rings to not have the collapse to the Cavs. And uh, those motherfuckers are still sick about that shit. Like, they are. They are sick. Like, they wouldn't bring themselves to be like, yeah, we'll trade two rings for the one. And, and you know, we'll still have two rings. But they sat there and talked about it for, like, three minutes, the rationale behind, like, which way they would go. So, I don't know. If you have an opportunity, go look Go go look that up. Yeah, I'm um, going to have to seek that one out. <laughs> yeah, they're still sick about it, which makes me smile. All right, Western Conference, same question. What are the storylines you're looking at here? Um, can anyone beat Phoenix? I think I think is it. I I mean they look. I I know that they had a a crummy second half, but it's a first round game at the end of the the first weekend opening of the uh, playoffs opening up, and I don't know. I I just don't I don't see anyone stepping up to beat them. You know, Memphis obviously takes a loss to uh, Minnesota in the in the game one, which was it's kind of surprising to me to be honest. I mean, I don't know I don't know how you felt. I mean, they're coming off a week off. Whereas Minnesota had to play in that uh, play-in tournament, and and I think Anthony Edwards was was unbelievable. You know, if, if they get those kind of games from Towns and Edwards, I mean, they're tough to beat. And uh, you know, yeah, Memphis, I mean, Memphis didn't really have much for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, is that it? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really see, I don't really see anything else out there. I mean, the the, the, the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves beating a two seed now that would be that would be fun, um, you know. So, but but other than those two, I I, I mean, I, I don't think Memphis is a threat to to Phoenix. Yeah, so you know, can Phoenix finish right sixty four mm-hmm. and eighteen? I think they had a nine game lead over the next best team or, or eight games or whatever. I mean, they were so far out in front, and we've seen historically teams that are able to sort of coast in that fashion a la the Warriors in 2016, you know, oftentimes they they lose that that edge a little bit. And, you know, it's not just the Warriors. I mean, we've seen it other places. So I think one of the things that Phoenix has going for them is, you know, Mikhail Bridges, runner-up to defensive player of the year. He's their fourth best player. I just that, – that team is – that team is fucking stacked, you know, Chris Paul, though, you know, knock on wood. I'm not. I'm not bringing this up because I wish anything badly on Chris Paul, but he's got a history of having really good regular seasons and then, you know, tweaking an ankle or a hamstring or whatever in the playoffs. And I, I think th- th- they're they're one hamstring away from this dream season of theirs, kind of going south because they can't do it without him. He's he might not be their best player, but he's certainly their most important player. And I think it's really important. The the other thing here is, you know, how good are the Warriors? I, I don't yeah, know. I was I was going to say I was going to bring that up. You know, Jordan Poole dropping 30 Steph coming off the bench. Clay had a really good game, but that team hasn't really played together that much. And. I get it that the core is the same, but it is a completely different cast of characters outside of like Andre Iguodala, who doesn't even really play that much. So I think the Warriors, obviously, with a championship pedigree, um, was, you know, was some of the best players and Jordan Poole playing the way that he is or did. If he can kind of continue to do that, they are they're an absolute threat with, without a question. But I don't know. You know, we'll see. And I think the last one, and you kind of brought it up, you know, are we going to re- overreact to, to one game with Memphis? I don't know. I mean, Anthony Edwards is 
so much better than I ever thought he was going to be. And he's fearless. And he dropped 36 in his playoff debut. And (laughs) I don't know. Like, is this a situation where you've got Memphis and you've got Minnesota? And these are just two teams that don't realize that they're not as young as they are and as inexperienced as they are. Like, they're not supposed to have the kind of regular season that they did. And is Minnesota just like, you know, whatever, we're just going to go out here and 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 just do our thing. Like I don't know. I feel like that series is going to be really fun. Best first round series of the Western Conference in a way that the best first round series in the Eastern Conference is going to be Celtics and, and Brooklyn. I just I think that 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 could be a series that goes seven. And you could see dynamic, dynamic performances from from John Morant, you know, Anthony Edwards, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, the whole cast of characters. I mean, there's guys on on Memphis that they're, they're just not household names that they could drop 30, 35 points. What's the kid's name? Bain, Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. That dude's a fucking dog, man. That is a, a team of relative no names outside of John Morant. And uh, I think the world is going to learn a lot about those two teams over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And like you said, I, I, I'm not necessarily overreacting. I think that Memphis still wins the series. Um, I just don't, I'm more down on them than I was before the playoffs had started. I'll put it that way. Like I thought, not that I, not that I thought that they were even that much of a threat to Phoenix before, but I thought that they could give them you know, six, six or seven hard, hard ass games. And they still could, they still, they still might. I just don't think it's to the level that I had them uh, to previously. What do you got in the Western conference finals? Um, I, that's tough. I, I'm going with Phoenix and I think golden state actually, um, you know, I, I know you're, you're talking about them being new, but uh, you know, Curry played a lot with those guys most of the year. Um, Draymond, he's he's a guy that I I don't feel like he needs to play with the guys. He's just so smart, um, and his role is just kind of like a. It's not a glue guy because he's like that's just not doing him any justice. He's like the ultimate like team guy. So I, I don't think that he that like that necessarily hurts. I think once once Steph gets back to full speed, I think that they're they're actually they're pretty good, and that that's going to be a fun series if, if it is uh, you know if it does come to fruition if it's Memphis and Golden State. Um, but I, I will, I'll take Golden State with the experience to come out on top. And, uh, you know, they got a little extra chip on their shoulder from losing to Memphis in the play and at home in uh, last year. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, Phoenix and Golden State and uh, I'll take Phoenix in that one. Pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix, Golden State's been what I've gone with the whole year. That was my preseason. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I but I also have had Phoenix advancing. Uh, the whole time, and I'm I'm sticking with that as well. So you and I both have a rematch a rematch of last season's NBA Finals. I mean, who who you got? I feel like you've pretty you've you've stuck with Milwaukee the whole time. I think. Yeah, I think I had them going back to back. Um, I think I did have the rematch too before the season started. I picked Phoenix and. Uh... No, actually, I took the Lakers and the Bucks. I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I took the Lakers and the Bucks, and then uh, midseason changed it to Phoenix yeah. and the Bucks. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I think um, I just don't think anyone's as good as Phoenix. I mean, we could see Giannis go Super Saiyan or what, and, and just again. you know drop yeah again and drop fifty, 
And there's when that happens, there's just nothing you can do with him. Um, but I, I think Phoenix is the better team. Um, you know, Michael Bridges has really stepped up. That Cam Johnson has really stepped up, and so they're they're different than they were last year. And that's not to say that Milwaukee's not, but I think that Phoenix is significantly better than they were last year. And um, you know, that was a team that what was it two games they won in the finals. So I think that that uh, they get the job done this year, and Chris Paul gets his for uh, his his ring. Yeah, you know, look, obviously. Outside of what LeBron did in 16, Giannis, the, the game six and game seven for Giannis in the finals last year was it's it's right up there. Uh but for me, the big question is is, is Chris Middleton able able to replicate what he did last year? Because Chris Middleton was always on time. He did it in game one of the playoffs last year. He hit a buzzer beater. They could have easily gone down 0-1 in the first round series that they had last year. He was huge in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was huge in the NBA Finals. So I think Chris Middleton's a great player. I just don't think he is going to be able to replicate what he was able to do. And furthermore, Phoenix is battle-tested at this point. They've been there. They've seen it. They've done it. I think – and I don't want to come back to this, but I'm going to. I'm going to. Um, I don't want to sound like an old – you know, get off my lawn guy, but I think it's really going to depend on how they call Devin Booker. Devin Booker uses his off arm in a way that it's borderline illegal. And if they call offensive fouls against him, he's not going to be able to get to the spot the way he wants to. And he's not going to have his mid range game, which opens up his, his entire game. So I think you look at Chris Middleton. I think you look at the way the referees are officiating Devin Booker. And ultimately I do think that Phoenix is, I think they're going to do it. I mean, I just, they've been the best team pretty much, you know, start to finish, you know, the first few games of the NBA finals last year, they were way better than Milwaukee. Milwaukee just kind of turned it on late. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I'm I'm going Phoenix. So we're the same there. Shocker. We take we take the favorites. <laughs> we well we listen. Well, I mean we've it it, it is not sh- it is shocking. We, very rarely do we agree on not only the matchup but who is going to win in any sport. So I, I think that we're probably fucked from that standpoint. I apologize to the whole city of Phoenix on that one. Uh, review of the water cooler challenge, just real quickly, the five teams that you have, the five team, it's five, right? The five teams that you have, the five teams that I have, because we made a lot of changes this year. Yes. So I have, uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami from the East and Dallas and Denver from the West. Luca going down. That sucks. That's tough. You know, I don't, he, I think, beat. I think he's going to play eventually, right? Well, they, I don't it know. might not matter though. Yeah. I mean, they're, he's not playing tonight and yes. So, likely, likely, likely going to be down 0-2. So, so, who are your two Western Conference teams? Dallas and... Denver. Dallas and Denver. You know, we thought there was reports, you know, a month ago that Porter and Jamal Murray were, were both... One or both were going to come back, and neither of them did. So... Yeah. And definitely... <laughs> you know, they're they're in a world of hurt here. I, I don't think that they, they have much of a shot. Maybe, maybe they'll get a game against uh, Golden State, but... Yeah. So what do what do I have? And then you have um, the Sixers in Boston in the East, and yeah. Golden State, Phoenix, and Memphis. Yeah, I like those three. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm, so I'm, in, I'm in a little rough shape here. So, so this is where we start accumulating points just for everybody. It's a little different than how the, the NFL works. The NFL basically works from game one through the Super Bowl. Uh, the NBA works where we're, we kind of form our teams throughout the regular season and we start earning points uh, in the playoffs. So we will give an update here in a, in a couple weeks and see where we go from there. You got anything else on the NBA? I don't think so. Okay. Before we move on, a word from Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right. All right I have on. one more uh, quick MBA comment that uh, oh, okay. that just digs digs at my soul. As, as Dylan Windler went two picks in front of Jordan Poole. I was happy about the Windler pick. He went off in the NCAA tournament. So I thought yeah, that he was, was fine. He, I like Windler. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know, but could you imagine that, that team with a wing like Jordan Poole? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'll, we'll be all right. All right. I got moving on. Moving on. All right. NFL offseason. Just a couple, couple short ones here. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, 24 year old cornerback for the Cleveland Browns, signed a five year, $100.5 million contract. He is the highest paid cornerback in NFL history, $71.25 million guaranteed. The Cleveland Browns, with their additions this offseason, primarily Deshaun Watson and Denzel Ward, have spent $100 hundred million dollars more than any other team. Yeah, guaranteed. I think, just, I think I saw the number was like three hundred forty point six million. Just your thoughts. I mean, in general, the money that's thrown out as as a Browns fan, are you happy? Are you concerned long term about the impact that it's going to have on the salary cap? Do you think it was a smart move to to sign Ward for that? Those kinds of things. I mean. Just in general, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's great to lock up your players to long term long term deals. I mean, that's that's what the the Browns for the longest time the could ever ones. do. I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, the good ones. Um, you know, I I can't remember how long it was. They went several years, you know, of drafted players without getting anyone to a second contract. Uh, that was a that was of note. So, um, yeah, and I'm happy for Denzel personally. He, uh, as the kids would say, secured the bag. It's the highest paid cornerback in NFL history I like him I like Denzel a ton and I think you know we got a lot of young guys locked up for a long time you know I think that that's good now comparatively you look at what the Rams are doing and they've shown you that you can win with the stars and scrubs roster um you know you just got to be able to hit those middle picks uh I have faith 
and Andrew Barry to do that. It's just extremely, extremely difficult to do it at a consistent pace. And frankly, um, the way that they're doing it in LA, though, like I, I just don't know how they can continue doing it. You know, so I'm worried in that regard because you just have to absolutely nail those picks, um, and they have to be contributors early because all your money is in you know a handful of positions. But um, as far as the cap goes, like long term, I, I think we're okay. I'm not really worried about it. Is it going to cost you some guys? Like I, I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt's. This is his, probably his last year here. They're interviewing a handful of running backs, and he's a free agent. They kept Dearness Johnson around, so you know it's going to cost you guys like that. You know, and, and Hunt's a, Hunt's a great player. Um, I'd like to keep him around on the team, but and as far as the money being spent, they're doing it at premium positions. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've said it on this show. You either have a guy at quarterback or you don't. The Browns finally have one, so I'm I'm not going to lament, lament paying him forty six million dollars a year for what he does on the field. So they put themselves in position now to compete. So you know, just got to back it up on the field. They made Miles Garrett the highest paid edge rusher in NFL history last year. Three weeks later, that was no longer the case, right? Or whatever. A couple yeah. months later, that that's the case. I mean, that's the reality. Like the the going rate is always when that next guy who is in the upper tier comes up, he becomes the highest paid in NFL history. So these quarter these quarterback deals almost become yeah. bargains instantly, you know, with, with, yeah. within a year. And I think Denzel Ward's going to end up becoming a, a bargain as well. He's 24 years old. We got him locked up through 2027. I mean, yeah. and with we got, him, we got crushed when we made the trade for Amari because it was $20 million. And it's just like, is he a little overpaid? Sure, sure. But look at the, look at the wide receiver market right now. We got Newsom on his rookie deal for four more years. And he is going to be there because Newsom is a really good player. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a passing league. And to to go to the Super Bowl, we're going to have to go through teams that are really good. And they've got really good quarterbacks, and they've got a whole bunch of really good wide receivers. So this is the shit that you have to do. I got no issue with it. I'm really happy for Denzel Ward, and I'm glad that the Browns are doing what's necessary to build a team, to hold on to the guys, reward guys that are – standouts at their positions and i mean the fact that they're even drafting guys at this point that are standouts at their positions are are it's a it's a it's a win in itself but the fact that they're spending the money is it's outstanding so happy for denzel you know congratulations and that's it the second part here the, the second of third questions the wide receiver holdouts, and this is where you kind of text me yesterday you said are you surprised that julio jones hasn't done anything and I said no because I think you know teams are going to wait and see what happens with the draft first of all and there is a handful of premier wide receivers Debo Samuel Terry McLaurin AJ Brown that want contract extensions Samuel and AJ Brown apparently are not reporting to offseason activities Terry McLaurin is I guess who knows and we've also heard that DK Metcalf wants money and who knows what's going to happen with that so you know i guess i don't know if there's really a question here i mean of those four guys do you think this is big deal no deal little deal do you think some of them end up getting moved and if you had your choice of one of them which one would it be lots of questions in there i guess yeah i I think they'll all end up getting paid um by their team i think three of them will i'm I'm not i'm not sold 
I, I, I'm more than 50% that DK will stay with the Seahawks, um, but he's he's the only one that I think would be moved. I just can't see, you know, Tennessee, we, we, we've we talked on this show several times about the way Tennessee spends money. So I, I can't imagine they're going to let that guy go. And he, he would be my, my choice if the Brown, if you know, if, I could snap my fingers and have one of those four guys, you know, all things aside. Yeah, it's it's AJ Brown. I think he's the best receiver of those of that bunch. Um so yeah, I mean I mean that's I, I think that they'll all end up getting paid. Um and uh, you know, by their teams. Yeah, I'll even say that too. I, I think DK ends up sticking with them. I think Terry McLaurin's the guy that I would want. I really? and I don't I don't know why, man. He's just the rest of those guys have had relatively serviceable quarterbacks. I mean, DK obviously had Russ, but DK's had serviceable quarterbacks. AJ Brown's had a serviceable quarterback. Terry McLaurin's played with some dog shit. And that dude is super athletic. He's super fast. Like, if that's the one guy, like, if, and, and I also think we could probably get him for the cheapest, right? So I think that factors right. into it as well. So, I mean, none of them are going to come cheap. <laughs> no, no. Cheapest, you know, the cheapest Ferrari is still a Ferrari. So I, I, I think I got to believe that. When, He's where McLaren. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where the, that's that's a good one. That's a, that's Luke's dad joke of the of the show. Look, where there's smoke, there's fire. The, the wide receiver market, these guys are getting moved. We've seen it. I got to believe that at least one of these guys, if not two of them, DK feels likely to me. It's just that one feels like there's the most noise. And Debo Samuel wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. So I, I think he's a really good player. And, you know, we all were salivating over him and over some of the things that he did from a fantasy perspective at the end of the year last year. So I think those are probably the two candidates for me. And if I could pick one that I wanted, it would be Terry. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't really go wrong with any of the four, but, but uh, yeah, like and the guys, like, look, what are they going to say? Like, you know, Debo Samuel, the comment about wanting to be the highest paid. What's he supposed to say? Like, I want to be the tenth highest paid receiver. You know, like they're, they're just they're not going to say that because that's just not how business is done. Even if he doesn't even believe that he's the best receiver. Now, look, I'm not saying he believes that. Most of these guys think that they are the best. You know, they just they have to. They would never made it this far if they didn't think that they were absolutely hands down the best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean. All those guys think that they're the best wide receiver in the NFL, including Robbie Anderson. He thinks he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I promise you. But I can't wait know. till Baker gets traded to fucking. <laughs> you know what? Throw guys. Robbie Anderson in the deal. We'll take. I'll him. take him. I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take he's, him. It's like he's like Will Fuller. It's he's yeah. the same player. Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. But um, but yeah, it, you know, I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, so that one feels like the most likely of the of the three. But yes, yeah. all right. Last one, Drake London. He was cleared to participate in all football activities for the team that drafts him. The The draft is next week. You think that impacts his draft position at all? He worked out three days ago. Half of the teams were there. A lot of teams were there. He clearly performed well, and he's 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 able to participate in activities. There was a while there where it sounded like he might be the number one wide receiver off the board. You think he's back in that conversation, or do you think that Garrett Wilson has sort of solidified himself in that role? No, I think I think he's definitely in the conversation. I could see it going either way. Um, what do you think is the first spot? Do you think it's four the Jets, or do you think it's like eight Atlanta? I think I, those are those are the two teams I think that I are the most likely. You. Right? I think 
I think Atlanta or Seattle's coming up to four. I, I still believe it. I, I just I can't. It. I just don't know why. I guess if you're just not in love with this class, but they have the Jets have two huge needs at wide receiver and it, well, they have needs all over. Okay, but if, if but if you if the Jets drop down to eight, they can still get a wide receiver and they get extra draft capital. So and they have a pick at ten. Ex- I just I think that. I think I think it's four I I, th- I think if Malik Willis if Detroit doesn't take Malik Willis at two, I think that one of those teams is coming up to four. So the Panthers, because I guarantee you, if Malik Willis is on the board at six, the Panthers are going to take him. The Panthers might take fucking Kenny Pickett at six. Okay, so the Panthers, I, I just, believe, are taking a quarterback. I just, I, I, they might. You know, I, you know how this fucking works. You've been in this position for years. I mean, these guys, there's going to be two quarterbacks that go in the top ten. This is this is the worst class though. Like we we haven't seen a class this bad since you know those guys like EJ Manuel went high. And they, look, they went high because that was a weird year. That was a year that free agency came after the draft because of, there was a, a a work stoppage or something. There was there were some union issues that year. So that that draft, when people mention that draft, that draft was was different than all the rest because that came before free agency and no one really knew what free agency was going to look like. So teams were scrambling even more than they normally are. To find a quarterback, so you had guys like EJ Manuel. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe it was the Christian Ponder year. I, I can't remember. It was, it was one of those Florida State guys that went that, way too what, high. What, what was the kid that went to Geno? Geno Smith. Yeah, I mean, he ended up slipping into the second round, though. Yeah, but he was the first quarterback taken. I think. Yeah, good point. So, so but, to uh, answer, but to look, to we'll, answer we'll have, your question, I think I, eight. I think eight is where you see one of the wide receivers go. Okay, so I, I, I just. I'm still you still you're still on that Malik Willis thing. Like I, I am. He's still being mocked by like the guys that are in the know the most at like 20. Like it's yeah. st- it's still not reaching up there. I, um, look, I could be wrong. It happens every single day. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid to be wrong. Just something tells me that one of these teams is going to think that they can make Malik Willis the next Lamar Jackson. Who went at 32 by the way? I understand that, but he won an MVP, right? So yeah, I get it. I get it. I just these guys talk themselves into things. Like if you hit on that, then you're good. You're good for the next 15 years or 12 years or whatever. Like you know, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I, I saw on Twitter it was uh you know one of the one of the big guys, Rappaport or Schefter or somebody. They said that this could be like the first draft ever that no wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. Or running back goes in the top ten. It's likely, you know, because you're going to have two. Well, I wouldn't. Linemen. I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's likely. I, I mean, like we said, likely is not the right word. It's right. It's it is. It would be. It, it would be this year if it was going to happen. Yeah, I yeah. think. Is, no, yeah. I think it makes sense. All right, plenty more to talk about next week. Upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. Next week, I'm almost certain we're going to have Alex Gilstrap on. I had a conversation with him a few weeks ago. I just sent him a, a Twitter message. I just DM'd him uh, right before Goes the down show. Down in the DM, yeah, I slipped. I slid it into his DM. So hopefully we'll get we'll get Alex on the show. And look, that dude, 
Alex is, you know, he's great. So he's going to give us a lot of insight. And, and if he tells me that he doesn't think a quarterback's going to go in the top 10, then I'll, then I'll come off of it. <laughs> Another thing for everybody that's in Greensboro, uh, Corner Bar, they're doing the, the draft party on Thursday night. You have a chance to win $1,000 if you pick the top 10 in order. It's like the 14th or 15th year in a row they're doing it between Stumble Stiltskins and Corner Bar. So if you're in Greensboro, come out. We are not going to be live streaming there this year. I, I actually want to watch the draft and enjoy myself. Not that I don't enjoy myself, but it was loud last year. It was hard to to focus and people are like talking to us and everybody wants that's drinking wants to come and get in on the show and stuff like that. It's just, you know, we need to have security for something like that. But uh, maybe, maybe next year we'll go back to it. But a lot of prep for that, too. I mean, I prep for that for weeks at a time. So, yeah, for all you pop culture lovers and nerds out there, Zero Dark Nerdy. It's another podcast that we're affiliated with on the Believe Network. Follow them on social media, Facebook at Zero Dark Nerdy, Instagram at ZDN underscore podcast. Also, do not forget about us at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on the Believe Network the number one network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag and Athletic Greens. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Come have a beer with us. Watch the draft. We'll have a good time. Share some laughs. Somebody suck bad. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.